You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Yeah, I agree. We are here again. Uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And um, my name is Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. And with me Mark, is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And we are talking about uh, responding to crazy cultural changes and challenges, because that's what has happened within the last week. Um, and we are, you know, just today is the 11th of January. So we're just 11 days into January and it has already bested 2020, you know, like gangbusters. So um, I'm going to ask Mark to open us in prayer and then we're going to just jump into today's topic. Father, we thank you for this time together, this time to come as pastors and uh, friends. And Lord, we just ask that you guide our our thoughts and our words and our conversation today. May it be edifying to the body uh, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we're going to start uh, talking about what everybody is talking about. Um, well, now everyone's talking about impeaching Trump again. So we're not going to talk about that. Uh, we're talking about what happened at the Capitol and how it has contributed to an already divided, not just America, but even Christian America. Christians, God-honoring people are divided. And as we were just talking about, we, we just had probably a whole podcast worth of conversation, conversation before we started recording about just all the stuff going on, the things that we're hearing and seeing, things we should be hearing and seeing, things that we're not hearing and seeing. Uh, so we're going to talk about what happened at the Capitol. We're going to talk about um, the just everything. We're going to start with what happened at the Capitol. And um, I know Mark was just saying that he has some friends. And I was just talking about I have uh, some family members that work for the Department of Defense. Uh, I have some friends that are police in Washington, D.C. And the first thing that came to my mind before we get into all the conspiracy theories is where was the adequate, um, I don't know of defense, but police representation, knowing that there was uh, an event of that magnitude in an area of that importance. Um, what happened yeah. with all that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it was obviously... I've been there. I've been there for Fourth of July fireworks. There's been more police in the area, you know, uh, for something that wasn't even uh, even for the March of Life. Um, there, I've been to D.C. for the March of Life several times. And there's been a larger police presence than what I saw, what it appeared to be on tv I, i'm not going to say it wasn't there yeah what it appeared to be on tv yeah from what from what we could gather from what it appeared to be and this yeah. is no disrespect to the capital no absolutely at all absolutely and i know not. people have raised the it's a racial thing question i can't see that 
because yeah. number one, the mayor of DC is black. Um, right. Uh, so I can't see her saying, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to put more police out. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I did hear from someone, a family member who works with the department of defense that said that the department of defense submitted several times and said, Hey, this is coming up. This, this Trump rally is coming up. Do you want, you know, assistance? Um, and the response they got was because like people use those pictures of black Lives matters with all the military right. dressed, you know, and they said, Hey, where was that at? But because of that, and because they got such flack is why they said, okay, we're not going to have that type of presence this time. This is what I was told. I don't know if it's true, uh, which yeah. makes sense. If you, you respond with force and people criticize you, why are you responding with such force? Then the next rally you say, okay, let's tone it down, which makes sense. That's a logical response to me. Well, I could see the logic in it. I would not respond that way because I'm right. like, I'm going to respond with force for everything. It's not right. just for black lives matters, black lives matters, Trump rally, uh, March of life, Girl Scouts USA, we're going to respond with force to keep the peace. But I can understand that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand it. I, I just, like you said, I don't agree with it. But I, I can understand it. Yeah. Um, you know, as I was getting ready to say, one of the things that troubled me um, was when, when they overtook the Capitol. It seemed like in a couple of the reports I saw that, and again, this has nothing to do with me bashing the police or anything like that. I have family members and friends who are, are police officers and in law enforcement. Uh, one friend of mine is on the Capitol Police Force. Um, once at one point, it looked like the police officers just kind of stepped aside and let them go up into the Capitol. It and looked, yes, exactly. I, I don't like know. I, I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, whether they just felt that there were too many people and they didn't want, they wanted to go home that night. So they weren't going to, they were just saying, go ahead, you know, um, but I would have thought they would have had more people inside the Capitol building, the police force, inside the actual Capitol building than on the outside. Because I, yeah, that would have been the last hold, you know. So, but, but I mean, again, I'm not trying to, to bash them. I'm just saying are things about this whole situation that just doesn't pass the muster? You know, um, things that happened that aren't aren't they aren't represented as what I know about the the whole freedom movement that is going on across America. So it's a very nonviolent movement. So for something like this to happen, 
there had to be more into it than what we know. Well, I think, I think, um, well, hold on, because I'm gonna, before I forget, um, <laughs> making a quick note on my whiteboard here. I think that there was, uh, to the point of, of, I mean, I saw what you saw in some of the videos. And again, I mean, tens of thousands of people, every single person had a camera out in front of them. Yeah. So it's going to take time to capture all the pictures and piece them together and, and, and figure out everything. But I did see in several videos what you saw where it looked like the police were attempting to stop them. And then it said, hey, OK, we're going to go. And I think there was one of two reasons for that. Well, actually, one of three. One is where they were in on it. That I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying. This was planned. The police weren't on it. I don't agree with that. No. Uh, I don't know for sure. I just don't. Two is the police. The second thing is the police have, other than being in on it, they have two other options. One is respond with force. And if there's only like seven of you and there's 1,700 of them, the only force you have is violent or deadly force. I mean, because you have mm -hmm. batons, you got to start beating people or you got to start shooting people. They didn't have rubber bullets. Um, right. And I don't think faced with that option, because this these, as far as they could tell, these were not the enemy. This was just a crowd out of control. They didn't mm -hmm. have riot gear, which wondering why not. Uh, they didn't have riot gear. They just had their batons and guns. So you either beat people, shoot people, or... You step out of step the way away. and let them go. Um, so yeah. I, I think many of the times where we saw, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. Uh, I know being in the military, that those are your options. You either respond with force or you have to get out of the way and let them proceed forward. Those are yeah. the only, you know, two options. And I think most of the police that we saw initially were trying to stop them but against a crowd that you cannot stop, you've either got to stop them with deadly force or force, or you got to get out of the way. And they chose, yeah. it looked like to just, okay, let's, let's just let them go in. And, and the ones that did that, it didn't look like in front of them were crowds with guns and weapons or whatever. It just yeah. looked like in front of them were, you know, People walking, people walking <laughs> and pushing forward. And the only choice you have to stop them is to shoot them, beat them or get out of the way. Right. And they chose to get out of the way. Uh, so yeah. I, I, and again, we, we're not there. We don't know, but that's, that's what it looked like. Um, but I've yeah. seen people, I'm switching topics, but staying there a little bit. I've seen people talking about this was incited by Trump and by all of the Republicans who objected to the election. And I, I, I had this conversation with several people online, which probably not good to do for anymore, but several people yeah. online and they, I'll tell you what I told them, but I want to hear your thoughts on this first. Okay. I have listened to his speech several times. He said, let's go up to the Capitol, be respectful and nonviolent, and let's show them how we feel. Okay. Being respectful and nonviolent is not inciting 
a crowd to go do something like what happened. Um, I mean, those, those probably aren't his exact words, but it's, you know, I don't remember his exact words. So that's pretty much it was at the end of the speech. And he said, let's march up to the Capitol and show them what you, what you believe, but be respectful and be nonviolent. He he put that kind of a twist on it. So I don't see how he could be inciting anyone to do that. I personally think that majority of the Republican Party and some of us who call ourselves Republicans are just fed up with all of the blatant crimes and sins of the other side that we saw that, I mean, it, it just, it just, emotions overtook decisions. And I think that's a lot of what happened. Um, I don't think they intended to go into the Capitol. I think they, I think when they marched up there, they probably were going to stop at the Capitol steps and have a peaceful protest. You get two or three people who are, you know, let's go do this. And uh, because I'm not putting it past some of the Trump supporters, there, there's some rough people in some of the Trump supporters. Um, for better lack of, for lack of better words, there's a bunch of rednecks in there that would go and and do something, you know. <laughs> but um, I say that I say that lovingly because I consider myself one of those rednecks. <laughs> but, but you know, there, there's just there's just. I don't believe he had anything to do with it. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that he was expecting, uh, and this, this is where it started with the objections that the Republicans were making. And I've heard people say that every Republican that made an objection uh, is a part and should be guilty for this as well. And that makes no sense because the law allows them to make an objections. That's like saying if you or I are lawyers in a court case and as you're presenting your case, I lawfully object. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm objecting on good grounds, bad grounds, or because I had too much tequila last night. Um, I'm lawfully objecting. So for someone to right. say that I should be held accountable for violating the process, when the whole process allows for those Republicans to object, they're doing what the law allows. That that makes no sense. So I don't I don't see how that they they tie in. Um, I do see, although I don't agree, how some people can say that Trump incited it. I don't agree uh, because I've heard the same type of speech from every politician on both sides. Let's get this done. Uh, show them what you think. Don't stand for this. Yada, yada, yada. That, that same speech from every politician. So, yeah, well, well, our new vice president coming in. When Portland broke out in riots this past summer, said we need to stand our ground and fight. Those were her exact words. Exactly. To them. You know, so, so I don't I don't think that it was Trump's intention, just like we said earlier, to incite violence or whatever. I think it was his expectation that 
the objections that the politicians were making would lead to something being overturned, not a, a violent situation, but a legal situation in his right. favor. Um, and, and that obviously didn't occur. Um, so I yeah. think there's, there's, there's no valid basis for that. And I think in the same way that there were people um, in all of the Black Lives Matter protests, there were people with well intentions who just wanted to have their voices heard. And then there were people with violent intentions who came to all of these things intending to do violence and, 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 uh, you know, damage property. Uh, and everyone says, well, Hey, not everyone wanted to do that. I think that's the same case with this. Not everyone yeah. intended to go in and overthrow the Capitol and have this violent overthrow of the government well, as it's being I portrayed. Mean, I don't think that was all. the case. How many was in there? About 400, 500 people is all that made it in to the Capitol building. Out of, it wasn't because they were stopped. Right. It was because others didn't go. Right. Out of the, yeah. what is it, thousands upon thousands of people that were present. So I'm, I, I think people, like you said, that in the, you know, a few people got riled up and it just carried. Uh, and I think that's continuing now because some people are riled up. Mm -hmm. And so they're calling for, you know, impeach the president. Uh, every Republican who objected should resign. And, and there are still people calling for, you know, hey, we should overthrow the government. We're tired of this. I think on each side, yeah. people are snowballing forward off of emotions rather than sound reason and logic. And here's my concern. A lot of these are Christians. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where I'm like, hey, I could see if we're getting excited about we think Jesus is coming back. But we're talking about a, a, a thing that in our culture happens every four years. There's, there's another yeah. vote. There's more people in progress. Uh, in two years, you're going to get to vote again and remove some of the congressional leaders that are there now. So I'm just like, what we're, what are we as Christians doing? Where have we gone off the rails? Well, I think one thing it's, it's the pulpit's fault <laughs> back there. There are not enough pastors who want to talk about politics, religion, and, and how they go together. Um, there's a lot of pastors out there that believe that we should never talk about politics in the pulpit. Um, and granted, we should never tell anyone how to vote. We should never tell anyone, um, you know, how to how to, to think about their vote. But we do need to direct people to the biblical section of or part of voting um for example you know the christians in my mind christians who who are against abortion or against um same-sex marriage or against um a lot of the things that we we are 
we need to vote for the platform that doesn't do those things. You know, um, and and that doesn't mean you're you're talking about a man uh, because the parties are not the man who is representing country. I, I, I don't care who who said whoever says the president is who's leading the party is wrong. I mean, the president is one man. Party will go on when Trump steps down on the 20th, just like it has for years and years. It will exactly. go on if Biden gets out of office. It will go on for, as it has. What we seem to have forgotten is God is still in control, no matter what's going on. The Bible tells me that God raises up nations. And he destroys nations. Um, and it doesn't mean that we are exempt from that as a country. Um, I honestly believe that a lot of what we're seeing now, and, and I, I haven't talked to Floyd about this, but I honestly believe that what we're seeing in our country, in our world, pretty much, but in our, especially in our country, is God's. God gave us four years as Christians to kind of make a difference. We had a president in there that had, he was the one that had the most sympathetic heart for the Christian faith and, and, and those who believe in God. And we didn't do anything about it. We did not take advantage of that. Um, and God says, okay, I gave you four years. You didn't do anything. You still turned your back on me. And this may be just like Israel. I mean, Israel, how many times did Israel turn their backs on God and God said, I'm done. I still love you. I still care for you. You're still my people. I can't let you do this. You know, so I believe this is God's judgment on America for all of the abortions that we had throughout history, um, for all of the, the laws that we've changed that go against biblical standards this country was set up on so how do we how does how does the church um address this when the church is so divided because at the same token there are people i've heard someone say i don't know if i heard on the news or whatever someone say it will be good to have a president in office speaking of joe biden who actually attends church because he's catholic um and and goes to mass um so for some, they look and say, okay, the president we just had uh, did not represent Christian values. The one that's coming in represents Christian values. My personal opinion, I don't know either man personally, but from what I hear from their lips, uh, neither one fully represents the values that God wants because some of the things each has said directly are in conflict with God's word. And I agree with like you that, you know, 
God allows. Uh, God does. I know. And I'm, I'm trying to word this in a way because I know people are going to get upset because uh, I know some people say God picks people and puts them in office. Uh, God allows us to vote in this country uh, and put people in office. And God mm-hmm. honors our choice. Uh, and then sometimes God rejects our choice because right. we just don't get our act together. So how does the church now come forward and go forward when the church is still so divided politically? We need to get back to the basics. The church as a whole, each person in the church, because the church is not a building, and we're not talking about the building, the church. Right. We're talking we're about talking the body about of Christ. The body mm-hmm. of Christ, each individual. Yeah. We need to get back into the word of God, or even I'll take it a step further. If you're a if you're a Christ follower and you never read the you don't read the Bible, then you're already missing out. Because you're, you're also not part of fed. the problem. You're exactly you're not getting fed. Yeah. You know, um, we need to get back into the Bible. We need to get into understanding what abiding with Christ really means and allowing him to abide with us. Um, that word has just hit me this, this week is, are we abiding in Christ? Are we pursuing a relationship with God? Or are we just stop over and get my my sandwich today i might not see you for a week yeah you know i think is the general um yeah yeah i mean we need to look at the word surrender i mean i'm saying some words here we need to look at the word surrender are we surrendered to god's will or are we still surrendered to the world and wanting the things of the world more than we want the things of god and I guess, and I know this is going to sound harsh to some people, I, I, I guess if, it's going to sound harsh, but if, when, when I don't get what I want, I get, you know, upset, of course. Uh, when I want a football team or basketball team or whatever to win and they lose, I get upset, of course. Tire city of Pittsburgh is a mourning because of the Steelers lost <laughs> Cleveland, uh, of course. But if your hopes are crushed because your political candidate didn't win, then maybe your hope is in the wrong thing. Um, I could see, yes, this is going to suck. And I got to be perfectly honest. A little part of me was hoping that the Democrats in Georgia would win so that, and I'm independent, um, so that there would be a full-on democratic onslaught because I think they're going to do some things that are not the greatest, but I think that's the only way people are going to learn. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone saying, hey, this particular action is not good doesn't mean anything if you disagree. But once that action is put into place and you feel the consequences of it and it hurts, you're going to be like, wait, that sucked. And I think for a lot of people, there are some policies that they're going to have to just feel the weight of before they realize, wait, that sucked. We need to, we need to do something different. But if, if, and I've seen so many people I'm getting, we're going to talk about the whole Facebook parlor thing in a minute. I'm getting off Facebook. I'm done with it. Blah, blah, blah. Because 
you know, they're all against Christians and this, that, and the other. And, and people who have just gone into a state of mourning because their political candidate didn't win. And I'm like, your hope was in the wrong thing. If you're putting that much, it sucks that a candidate didn't win, but it has been happening over and over since, you know, for yeah. 200 years that one party wins, one party loses. So, but if you're putting that much of your hope into a political candidate, uh, then in my opinion, you've made that candidate or that party an idol and you slid into sin. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem that the church yeah. is seeing in America. And for all of those who are going to throw some backlash, you can, but then prove me wrong. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, we have forgotten that we we have dual citizenship. We This isn't our main citizenship. Our citizenship, once you become a believer, our citizenship changes. We are now citizens of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah, We're not citizens of President Trump or the United States. Yes, we live here. Yes, we are, we are passing through. Our journey has taken us through this, this country. But this is not our home. This is not where we belong. Um, you know, and, and when we, when we understand and that, that as long as we pursue God and we are really hard looking for God to be in our lives, all of these other things are going to be, be small. They're going to seem like not a big deal at all to us when we start really seeking God and pursuing him hard um it it, is just something and the thing is again if you look at history and you look at you go in 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 the bible and you read history about israelites every time they sought god and turned back to god and wholeheartedly were in in it and said yes we're in Look at the victories they had. Look at the things that happened. But as soon as they turned their backs, as soon as they said, oh, we like this a little bit more than we like that, God just kind of said, okay, you can have your time. Yeah. I'm going to step back. You know, And it's the same way in the church. And granted, we're never going to have a perfect church because there's never going to be perfect people to fill that church yeah and if you think you're perfect i want to meet you because you're the son of god and i need to talk to you (laughs) You i'm sorry (laughs) but uh i um we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world that has fallen and we need to understand that there's two commands that God gave us in the New Testament. Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. That's the only two things we have the responsibility to do. Yeah. Is to love God and love our neighbor. 
and I Our think neighbors just not the person sitting in the beside us. That's that's what I was about to say. I think part of the problem is we've all nail down our neighbor to just that person that looks like us, thinks like us and votes like us. Uh, and we forget that that neighbor could be the person who voted totally opposite of you, doesn't look anything like you. And is from a totally different, you know, culture than you. And right. that's what people are having a hard time with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the church is, especially the Western church, we have gotten, so weak because we have not suffered the way that a lot of people around the world, a lot of the church around the world has suffered. And because of that, we've gotten weak because we don't have to rely on God to bring us our next meal, most of us. You know, we don't have to worry about if I'm going to church and my family don't believe in God, they're going to kick me out. Yeah. You know, um, we don't have to worry about my faith is showing and I'm letting people know about Jesus being put in jail for that dance. At least not yet here in America. Not I yet. Mean, well, know. according to some people, that's what's coming next. Um, and, because- and, and, and in a way, I kind of feel that might be coming down the road. The persecution of Christians is going to be in the next four years here in America on the rise. I mean, we've already seen it. Um you can go to the strip club, but you can't go to church in a lot of states. Yeah. You know, um, if you go to church, you can only have 25 people or 25% of people in that church, you know, uh, in a lot of states. So I do see it coming. And, and, and the thing is, the church turned over and said, okay. We agree with this. Well, I think we just have to go. I think I don't think wholeheartedly the church said we agree with it. I think some people in the church said, you know what? Um, You can limit me this way. You say I can't meet in the building. Fine. I'm going to continue to meet online and through all these other ways. I'm going to meet outside. I'm going to meet this. So I think some in the church said "We're, we're going to abide but we're still going to meet one way or another. Some in the church uh, said, I like, I've gotten criticism from people telling me, you know, it is, uh, I forgot the word they use. Just stupid of me to hold church gatherings during a pandemic. And I'm like, I'm in compliance with, you know, every law that they're asking us to comply with. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's stupid. It would be stupid of me not to in, encourage the people of God to gather within, uh, you know, the legal parameters that have been given to us. So I think some have said, yeah, we're, we're okay. You say we can't meet that way. We're going to try to meet this way. But I know there are some who have said, no, we shouldn't be meeting at all. And that I don't, I don't understand. I get if your state and you're trying to abide by it says you can't meet in the building, uh, 
And so you say, okay, I'm going to meet online, but there are those, and we've talked about this before who said, we're yeah. not even going to meet online. We're just not going to meet at all. Like, dude, you've got a phone, put it up and, yeah, and, and, with but, your people. Part of the, and that's part of the problem because it's a small amount of pastors and churches that have committed to still meet and still go on. You know, out of all of the churches in America and all of the Christians that are here in America, and we're talking millions. Well, there's only there's only a small percentage who have said, "Okay, we're still going to go to church. We're still going to abide by the law, but we're still having church." online or you know whatever i'm talking the two the true i want to do this yeah i I i would say well to your comment i think out of the millions in america i think there aren't as many christians in america as we would think uh uh, I agree with that. Um, not not that I'm pretending to be God or professing to be God, but I think if God were to look down and he's the one who can judge, you or I don't get to judge other people, but God can. He knows who he put his Holy Spirit in as the promised yeah. seal. I think his number and the number that we think would differ greatly. Well, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because, I mean, this is what Jesus said in, in John about um, – you know the road to heaven is narrow, yeah. But the road the road to the world is wide. There's going to be. I think we're going to be shocked when we get to heaven and think of the people we thought were going to be there that aren't there, the ones that we thought were never going to be there are sitting there. Um, and that's again, we did, we can't say that we can't say who is and who isn't right. And I wasn't trying to say that. I guess what I was trying to say by that is the millions of people who call themselves Christian or who call themselves Christ followers, um, including pastors, especially pastors, especially Um, pastors, you know, there is. And that and that's what I was saying at the beginning. And, and again, this this has been just bubbling in me ever since the first of the year. Is um, you know, I choose a word. Let me put it this way: I choose a word every year. It's going to be my word of the year. This year, I my word is return. And that that's a seems like a crazy word to have. It's return. Not return to the normal, not return to status quo, return to my first love, hmm. return back to Christ in a way that when I when I accepted him, how excited, how gung-ho, how energetic I was to share the word of God. Return back to that relationship that I need to have, I need to be pursuing God and return back to that. I think if, if churches, pastors started reading or started preaching from the Bible 
and preaching from the Bible and not preaching on topics, so to speak. Um, you'll find that every topic that we preach on is in the Bible, but when you take it and you read God's word and you study God's word and you, you preach from his word, people are going to start turning their hearts and lives back to God. Um, and, and the pastor has to be the leader. And if the pastor is not a Christ follower, it's going to be hard for him to lead that congregation. Well, there, there's, there are a whole bunch, and I'm not even talking about the ones like on the groups that you and I are familiar with, but a whole yeah. bunch I'm coming across even more and more on all these different social media platforms, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, that are professing to be pastors. They have congregations, but they are, and I'm not, I, I hate to use the term progressive Christianity, because anytime you no, I, I understand what you're saying. Don't capture, but those people who don't hold to anything in the Bible, but claim then they're associated with those people who do. So then people look at them and say, hey, you're the guys who do A, B, and C, those things that aren't in the Bible, uh, just because those people are claiming to be Christians, just like those of us who hold to the things of God. So I, I, I think there's so many pastors and I don't understand why they do it. That would be like me, you know, African-American man saying, well, I want to be a part of the KKK. So I'm going to call myself a part of the KKK. Yeah. No, I want nothing to do with the KKK. And if they want nothing to do with the things of God, then don't call it Christianity, any right. type of Christianity, because it's not of Christ in any way, shape or form. Uh, but so many of those pastors are getting more of a voice because they're the younger, uh, not to blame millennials, millennial, you know, make every, yeah. yeah, make everyone feel good uh, type of thing. And that's what people are following. And they're on the platforms, you know, mm. like TikTok. There are a lot of God-honoring people on TikTok, uh, a lot of God-honoring pastors on Facebook. But uh, absolutely, there are also, especially when it comes to things like, the whole that whole shift even before they they took parlor down where people were abandoning facebook right after the election and like i'm done with facebook i'm moving to parlor and i asked one why are you moving to parlor what's parlor and they were like i'm moving to parlor because facebook keeps banning stuff i was like wait a second is parlor are you saying parlor won't ban it it's for everyone he said no so basically they were saying, I want to go to a place where only you're leaving one place that you're saying only one voice is heard to go yeah. to another place where only one voice is heard. That's the best way I could. And there's nothing against right. parlor, but I guess that got proven right. Cause then everyone on the other side shut parlor down yeah. uh, because it was a, a competing voice. And I don't think it was because of three or two, posts from people claiming to do violence because Twitter, Facebook, they've all had people claiming to do violence. There are people who killed people and posted it on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook didn't terrorists. get shut down. Right. There's terrorists that have used Facebook and yeah. Twitter to do that. Yeah. And those are not shut down. So I don't think right. it's the two or three posts. Those were shut down, those posts, but you don't shut down the whole thing because of that. Um, yeah. and, and this is yeah. where this is where I can see 
where the divide comes from. Because yeah. in the name of, hey, we're trying to do what's right, but you're only shutting down the voices that are against you. If you were doing what's right, you would have shut down Facebook when they had a video of an actual death posted. Even though it got shut down, hey, yeah. let's Facebook is done. That didn't happen. It doesn't happen when terrorists use Twitter to recruit people to commit violence. Twitter hasn't been shut down. So yeah. I could see... Yeah. Where people are like, hey, this, this thing is against us. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is going to sound very preacher-like. It should. <laughs> but uh, we have forgotten our battle. This isn't a battle we're fighting against Republican and Democrat. Exactly. Or against or against black and white, or against yellow and red. I don't care. This isn't that kind of a battle. This is a spiritual battle that we were in, that we have been in all along. We are in a battle of good and versus evil, Satan versus Christ. It's a spiritual battle. Paul said that our battles are not to be fought with human hands, or not to be fought with weapons of human humans make hmm. our battles are to be fought the heavenly places that means that we need to get on our knees or stand before god or sit before god and we need to really come at him and say lord i need you to help me with this i need you to fight this battle David went up to Goliath after everybody else ran away from Goliath. David said, I don't care how big you are. This isn't my battle. This is God's. And he slayed the giant. We are not giant slayers. In ourselves, we cannot do it. When we bring it before God and we say, this is your battle. You promised me that you were going to fight this battle for me. And we give it to him and leave it with him. He will fight that battle. I think, well, I think, like you said, we, we, we forget that this is a, that, that our issue isn't to fight against Democrats or Republicans. We're fighting against sin. And we're forgetting that our main responsibility, as you brought up, as ambassadors of another kingdom, the kingdom of God, our main responsibility is to share the gospel, not promote a political yeah. agenda, not yeah. to hey get people to be Republican or Democrat, but to share about the kingdom of God so that people might become followers of Jesus Christ. We've just, like you said, lost our first love. And oddly enough, um, last year, towards the end of last year, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to spend some time studying through revelation uh again which is what i started at the beginning of january uh before all this kicked off and um sorry my puppy's going crazy again no man <laughs> you heard the mailman um so yeah i think our our, our focus has got to be getting back to our first love and our primary job which is sharing yeah. the gospel yeah. First love Jesus Christ, primary thing, the only thing he really has the church here for, to share the gospel. Share the gospel. Uh, if we are doing that, then it doesn't matter 
who, you know what? The person that I wanted to win the election didn't win. Yeah. Despite that, God still has a job for me. Whether that person wins or not, God still has a job for me to share the gospel within my circles of influence. Yeah. So, And to make I mean, disciples. I mean, you know, when you look at the when you look at the command that, that Jesus gave us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he wasn't talking about going into churches in the church building. To go into this town square and preach the gospel. Don't don't just you know we we confine it to the church building we we forget that the church is alive the yeah. church is a living breathing organize organ org, organism um you know we 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 are filled with people granted we're not perfect people as i said before we are forgiven people should be filled with the holy spirit people to be moving with the Holy Spirit guiding us to proclaim Jesus Christ everywhere we go in word and deed and everything else. Yeah. So sorry. I'll I get think... down for my, my preaching statement. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I think we've we've covered pretty much everything. Um I did have another thought, but then the puppy started barking like crazy and I forgot whatever it was. was well, you were talking about Revelations, going going through the book of Revelations. Yeah, and I don't remember where I was going with that. He just threw me off. Oh. <laughs> he just threw me uh, all off. Yeah. Other than connecting that with, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting back to our, our first love, which is something the church needs to do. So uh, that being the case, I'm going to take that as a sign that maybe God is saying, okay, we need to wind this down. And I'm going to ask you to... Uh, close us in prayer uh, and then we'll we'll call it good okay father once again we thank you for this time together we thank you for your your word and we thank you for your son jesus who came and, and died on the cross for us and not only not only did he die on the cross he didn't stay there came and he rose again and he promised to be making a place for us in heaven those who believe we ask lord that you do bring us back to your first love our first love that you bring us back to focus that you return us back to the time where we first met and how excited we were and lord that we would just have that excitement in our lives that people could see within us that we are different in the world. And Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right.